Five Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Five Minutes with Phil. We are back today again with more conversation from Steve Coble. We're going to jump right back into it. Yeah, so it leads me into kind of that conversation about what I would use like the mystic parts of God, right? And mysticism a little bit, because uh, there's some great mystical thinkers in, in the past and current that that try to be able to have people delight in that mysticism instead of being scared of it and trying to answer it. Yeah. You know, I'm opening it up for you to talk about mysticism a little bit. <laughs> But how do you deal with that, the the mystic parts of God? Well, I, I had a good friend challenge me as we were discussing uh, Enneagram types in that my adherence to mysticism may be actually a wearing out of the laziness of my nine. And yet, for, for people who don't know me well, um, I just share that I, I grew up in a, a home, loving home. Um, Mom and dad, both believers, raised in the Baptist church, went to Baptist college in Iowa, got my degree in pastoral studies and counseling, and uh, then served as a pastor. Then through some difficult times in life, was transplanted to West Des Moines, and then at that time started a worship leader consulting business. And then my neighbor hollered across the street to me and says, hey, I think our church needs your help. And that's where I got introduced to Gloria Day. So I'd gone from Baptist to community, non-denominational church, and got landed at a mainline denomination of uh, Gloria Day, who's Missouri Synod Lutheran. It was so crazy because I had grown up uh, that the Lord's Supper was an ordinance, not a sacrament. And I had grown up concerning baptism, that it was an ordinance, not a sacrament. I remember the first time I was in communion and you were you were in the Family Life Center and you set the table and just, it moves me to tears, man. When you held out your arms and you just said, come, this table's been set for you. And it was in that moment that God's grace was so alive and real in my heart. And I'm sitting behind a microphone. I'm not even taking communion at the time. But it's there that I, I was like, what is going on? And then I learned about the doctrine of mystery. And I can see that as a catalytic time in my life where it hadn't really ever been a topic. <laughs> when I was at the Baptist church, they called me a Baptocostal because I, I migrated towards the Pentecostals. I had read every sermon Spurgeon ever wrote on the Holy Spirit, was a firm believer in triune God and the parts and the acts of each of the persons of God. I don't know where the seeds were planted or the foundation was put, but you know, it was it was in our first Dash 19 live stream recording session. And one of one of the people in my department was like in the back hub with the switcher. And when we got done with the service, she she brought up to me and she goes, Cobal, I don't understand. That whole room was empty and bare and your smile was so big and you were just so enjoying worshiping. And I just looked at her and I said, my audience didn't change. I'm not leading worship for the congregation. They're not my audience. Worship is for God. 
well, who is this God? I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know it. I don't know and understand it all. But what I know is there's something that happens when I start strumming the guitar and I hear the notes and I see the words in my head and my heart jump into a place that I don't know where I'm at, but I'm singing them to this deity that loves me. People are like, so you really don't understand anything about what you believe. I'm like, probably one of those theologians that bases a lot on experience of what I've seen happen instead of a Gnostic theologian who knows everything that they should be teaching because it's been taught to them by people who know what they should be teaching. And I just dive into this middle ground where I see what the truths of God's word are. I match that up to what I see taking place in reality, and I merge them together. And this is what I see to believe. How that happens, I again, to me, these are mysteries. But when God speaks things to me and I speak things out loud, then in those speaking out loud moments, there are people who will come to me and say, wow, when you said that, that struck me to the core. Or wow, when I never considered something like that. I'm like, oh, me either. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. And then as I was introduced to Richard Rohr and and then started doing more reading about the mystics, the Desert Fathers, Desert Mothers, all of my Baptist friends, they were all like, I can't believe you went to a Lutheran church. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Lutheran church is closer to like what was probably real back in the day than a bunch of Baptists. I'm like, you know, everything keeps disintegrating the further degree, the further you are away. And there'll be people that'll hear this and they'll be like, you're slamming on the Baptist. I'm like, no, I got Baptist brothers and sisters that I love and they love me. And then there's then there's a group of people that are like, by the way, we don't want anything to do with you, you know, because what you believe is wrong. Is it? <laughs> to me is, is a position before God of that not trying to then create our own God. It's a position is because what I know about you is like, you're not unknowledgeable. It's not like you're, I just like to live in ignorance. You're not ignorant and you're not unknowledgeable. Like you studied, you've gone through classes, you've continued to, but what you're, I think what you're trying to get at is saying, but I don't want to be presenting the one that like, yep, I've got everything just come to me. Right. I've got all the answers. Let me show you exactly what you what you should do and who you should be. Well, and I think it goes back to the earlier part is very interestingly, I didn't pick how we were going to start out this podcast, right? you know, but where did I lead? I, I led into the place of not comfortable, the place to be transparent, to talk about what's real. And many people wouldn't necessarily go there as the first projection of what they want people to know about them. But when I'm able to talk with strangers or people who are asking questions who really sense something different but can't put their finger on it, I will move into a place of what I don't know so that we both have a common ground. Then in building relationship through conversation, what ends up happening is that the very lover of my soul has been loving this other person or other people. And what I can count on is that I can count on that God's love is better than any human love that could ever be mustered up. It's an unexplainable love. It's a love that goes beyond the limits of loving the unlovable. And I'm a big proponent of, man, why can't we just love each other? You know, let's love each other through these things. And I understand there's people who need to be right. What God brings into my path is the opportunity to be able to love all people. 
And, and in that love, that is an expression. I think there may be in God's word, actually, that whole area addressed in First Corinthians chapter 13. Question mark. The love chapter. Yeah. You know, if I speak with the tongues of angels, but don't have love, I'm a clamoring symbol. I don't know, a chunky gong or whatever. I mean, like something like like that. We're going to pause there for today. But uh, that first Corinthians 13 passage says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And then it closes with in uh, verse 13, three things. Things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. We'll be back tomorrow with more from Steve Koble and that exciting conversation. Have a good day and be well. Be well.